I don't think anyone expected me to survive. Like I said, back to when I was a kid, you, you just do what you have to do. I, I don't think I'm anything special. I just survived. I, I just uh, got stronger. Well, thanks for coming over. Well, thanks for having me. So where do, where do you actually live? I live in Wilmington, North Carolina. Well, actually, uh, Leland, North Carolina, a little town outside of Wilmington. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we got connected through your son, Mitchell. Mitchell actually makes all of our, our wood products, so our cutting boards that our customers have seen, our knife hangs, all that stuff over in Billings. So you guys had kind of a drive over. Everybody thinks like, they'll tell me like, oh, I got a friend in Montana. You, you guys should connect. And it's like, well, they, they still live seven hours away. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big state. Mm-hmm. You can drive through a lot of states on the East Coast uh, in the same amount of time. So That's right, yeah. You guys made quite a jaunt over here. I appreciate you, you coming for this. Well, happy to be here. Yeah. So, uh, Wilmington, North Carolina, you said? Yes. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> probably don't get as much snow and cold as we do. You're, uh, no. you're, you're coming at a nice time of year, though. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, Colors are changing and... Yes. Yeah, oh, it's beautiful out here. Beautiful yeah, drive. It's very nice being here. Yeah. It's, it's nice being out of the uh, humidity. Yeah, you <laughs> guys, you're probably coming down towards the end of the, the heat and the humidity. Yeah, huh? yeah. So where did you actually grow up? I grew up in a little town outside of Toledo, Ohio, uh, Holland, Ohio. Okay. Um, I was born at Toledo Hospital, and uh, we grew up in Holland, Ohio. Okay. Um, what would your what'd your family do there? Well, my father... Uh, um, Went to Toledo University and then started, uh, became a school teacher. Okay. So, uh, so um, he, he actually, my whole family is Chicago, basically. All my relatives. And my dad was the first to leave. Um, he left Chicago to go to Toledo for school and uh, Toledo University. And then and that's where we started. Right, right. The whole Martitius family. Did you have uh, quite a few siblings or? Oh, yeah. I, uh, uh, there were seven of us. Okay. Um, big family. Yeah, big family. Uh, I was the second youngest. Okay. Uh, my my brother, uh, my young brother Mike, died about six or seven years ago, and and my older brother Wally uh, died uh, this last year. Oh, okay. So uh, so there's only five of us now. Yeah. Well, that's four, too bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's too bad. They were great, yeah. great people. Uh, I have four sisters now, and and me. What year were you born? Sixty five. Okay. Yeah. All right. What, uh, uh, you, you said your dad was a school teacher. Was your mom stay at home mom or? Oh yeah. 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 I mean, s- seven children and, and she had odd jobs. Um, you know, she, she was an incredible seamstress. Uh, um, you know, she made all our clothes, uh, costumes. Yeah. We, we had a uh, homemade Halloween costumes our whole childhood. Yeah, yeah. Same, same as me. My mom was always making those. Oh, good. It yeah. seems like that's something that's like a lost art. It's oh yeah. Uh, you, you don't see a lot of people sew anymore, and like, but I mean, a lot of people back then. That's you know, if you weren't making a lot of money, people were making their own clothes. A lot of the kids' clothes were made. Yeah, yeah. She did good. What was it? Uh, I, I can't imagine how much different. You know that Chicago, uh, you know Illinois, Ohio, all that area was back then compared to now. Um, probably lots more farm ground back then. Yeah. Oh yeah. We we, we were the uh, fourth house I think in my neighborhood built, and uh, the farmers were plentiful. Yeah. They're just small, small little farms everywhere. 
Did you guys hunt or did you do outdoor activities back then? We, we I, I didn't hunt. Yeah. Um, my best friend, John Claywitter did, but, um, but we, yeah, we were outside 90% of the time. We really? were not in the house. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, one of the great finds was I, I found a hundred foot uh, piece of rope and, uh, we just, you know, climbing and, and, and zip line. We made our own zip lines and camping and yeah. tree forts. Uh, we were outside nonstop. Yeah. Yeah. So did you play sports in high school? Or? Oh yeah. 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 I was, uh, uh, football, two seasons of baseball summer and, 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 and regular season baseball wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I was, I was in sports year round. Sure. Sure. So did you go to college then when you graduated high school or no, no. What'd uh, you do? Well, uh, my father being a school teacher, um, we painted every summer. Since okay. I was 12 years old, we were painting. Um, and, uh, after I graduated, I kind of hung around, uh, uh, Toledo, um, you know, construction paint until, uh, my dad said, <laughs> Carlisle Syntec is, uh, holding, um, largest manufacturer of roofing products in the world, Carlisle Syntec. Mm-hmm. They're having interviews for employees. And, um, my dad said, you're going. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. He, you know, he, he knew I was just kind of goofing off. A lot of partying and, and just making enough money to party. Yeah. So he, he he put his foot down and says, "You're going to this interview," and I got the job. And um, uh, they, they said, "You want to go to New York or Chicago?" And I said, "Chicago." Yeah. So so I I moved to Chicago um at 19 years old. Okay. Mm-hmm. And like as a salesman or what were you? No, I worked on their warranty repair crew. Okay. Carlisle Syntec, they warranty all their work. It's a rubber roofing company. Okay, that's hard work in the yeah. summertime. Holy oh, shit! Oh yeah, yeah. It, and well, we worked year round, so so I've been on top of buildings in Chicago, fifty below windshield. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and then in in the summer, you don't yeah. put your tools down on the rubber, or you can't pick them back up. Right, They're, they get so hot. Yeah. So uh, so quite an interesting job. Yeah. How long did you do that? Three years. Yeah, I was going to say, it, t- it doesn't take too long to probably realize you don't want to do that forever. No, I, I mean, it, it was a great company. Uh, a lot of advancement, um, uh, but, uh, but I, I left that company for, for a reason. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I'll tell you, a Brother Walter was the art director, and um, River runs through it. Oh, really? Yeah. And in uh, one night, two in the morning, I get a phone call, and I had been out drinking, and so I'm, so I'm I'm well asleep. And my brother Wally, yeah, says, "Jim, quit your job, come be a movie carpenter." And I said, "Oh, okay, all right, all right." So so I did. The next day, I quit my job and moved all my furniture to my mom's garage in Toledo, and hopped on my motorcycle and uh, went to uh, Livingston, Montana. No shit. Yeah. I'll be damned. Mm-hmm. So had were they just starting to set the setup for that or what? They had been, I think they had been working um, uh, two or three weeks, maybe a month. And uh, they just, uh, and I, they didn't have enough carpenters. Yeah. So um, so I, I, I headed up there and uh, interviewed with Brian Markey, the construction coordinator, and uh, he gave me a job. What year was that? That was uh, 90. 1990? Yep. <clears throat> so the river runs through it it's it's uh or a river runs through it i yeah. guess is is it's about the blackfoot river um 
from what from what I understand, it's always been about the Blackfoot River, which actually grew, goes through the area uh, where I grew up, up in Lincoln. Our, in fact, our first knife is named the Blackfoot. Okay. After that river, um, but it's funny they shot it about the Blackfoot River, but they didn't shoot it on the Blackfoot yeah. River. It seems like that's how movies are these days. You you it, you know, it's a movies can be about whatever location, whatever country or thing, but then they shoot it in some some damn other place. Yeah, so. I know, I know. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. So what was that like? What was, uh, I mean, you went from standing on roofs in Chicago yeah. to, I mean, Livingston, Montana, especially back in 1990. I mean, not a lot of people around there, and it's just beautiful country. Oh, yeah. It, it's still my, my best movie ever. And I, I've done 50 or 60 of them. Have you really? Yeah. So, so that, what a great time. Yeah. Um, and, and in fact, uh, I'll, I'll tell you, I, that's where I met Cindy, Okay. My wife mm-hmm. um, and uh, Mitchell. Oh, really? Yeah. So, so that that, and and it was fate. Uh, I, I tell you that. Um, I when I pulled into to Livingston, Montana, I called my brother. Said, "Wally, I'm here. Where do I meet you?" He says, "Well, we're done with work. Uh, let's all meet at the. Um, I think it was the Yellowstone. Uh, it, it it was a hotel bar. Okay. And Cindy's mom was working there." And um, I said, okay. So, so I walk in, uh, you know, leathers, helmet under my shoulder. Yeah. And, uh, and my wife looked at her mother and said, I'm going to marry that man. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> it, unbelievable. Um, and, and we met and uh, we hit it off. And like I said, it was fate. She was working in the restaurant? Um, Cindy was just, uh, Cindy's mother was the bartender there. Yeah. And Cindy was just visiting her mom. Okay. Yeah, just kind of hanging out. How old out. was she? Oh boy. 20 I guess she would be 24. I think I, I made it there when I was 26. Yeah. Yeah, so Cindy's 2 years younger than me. Okay. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. She come over and talk to you right then and there or well, yeah, well I I went up to the bar and 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 of course I I asked for a Budweiser and uh and um and a bottle. And <laughs> and, and and um mother pat Future mother Pat said, uh, "We only have it in cans." So they gave me kind of a hard time because I, you know, I asked for a bottle. But but anyways, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so damn out of staters. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this is Cindy was standing next to her mother, so that's how we met. Okay. So what was uh, what was building sets like for like a river runs through it? I mean, obviously you'd never been in Hollywood before. No, no um, it, it was all new to me. Um, it, but I would say a lot of the river runs through its sets were real. They weren't just Luan and one by fours. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we had a lot of locations, and uh, and um, it, 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 it was a great build. I, you know, it's new for me. I always like doing new stuff. Yeah. But uh, pretty cool stuff. Was some of that shot up in Canada as well? You I know thought what? I had heard some of it was shot in Alberta or somewhere. I I, I don't know about that. Um, yeah. We, we did a lot of sets in, uh, in Bozeman. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. In, in fact, uh, it was kind of funny. I used to try and beat my time uh, on my motorcycle from Bozeman to Livingston. I wanted to get... <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I ran my motorcycle fast. It sounds like you lived pretty hard, pretty fast. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I loved going fast on that motorcycle. Well, that's a, I mean, that, that pass from Livingston to Bozeman there, that's, uh, I can see you going down through those curves and those corners. Yeah. You just better hope you don't have a deer or an elk jump out in oh, front of you. 
Yeah, I guess I really I didn't think of that. <laughs> <laughs> Usually when you're young and full of piss and vinegar, you don't think of a lot of things. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. So how long uh, How long did that, that job with a, rivers run, a river run through it last? I think uh, I think we were there six six months. Okay. Yeah, that's a good chunk of, of movie construction. So then what happens when the movie's over? Well, um, it, it, I, I didn't uh, include my brother Mike. My brother Mike went up there too on the paint crew. Oh, okay. So uh, so Wally called Mike and, and I, and uh, so my brother Wally up there had bought a, a Harley Davidson eight eighty three. And my brother Mike uh, went and bought a, a small Yamaha. Um, so we, we had motorcycles, all three of us, in Montana. So when the movie ended, we said, "Hey, let's take a let's take a nice brother motorcycle ride to um, L.A. Where, where Wally worked. You know, he's in the movie industry." Yeah. And and uh, we did. We, we got on our bikes and um, had a great ride all the way. We we went straight. West and then went down the um, the coast to where my brother lived. So super, super, one of the best trips ever. Yeah, it sounds like a pretty uh, a pretty nice time in life. You're yeah. you're single, kinda. You got a girlfriend yep. at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, no no house payments, no yeah. no bills, no kids, no no responsibility. Just a motorcycle and a pocket full of cash and a. In yeah. a bottle of Budweiser. Yep. Yeah. 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 It, it was a great time. Yeah. So, how, did, where did you go after? I mean, you, you did that trip, and then how, how do you end up doing fifty more movie sets? Then. Oh well. Um, all right. So we, we hung out in California for a little while, and and, and then of course I met Cindy, mm-hmm. and 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 we had known we were meant to be together by mm-hmm. this time. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, I moved in with her on on the on the movie. Um, so, uh, so I, I'm heading back to uh, Montana to start a family, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm, I'm driving. A, I'm, I'm a maybe hour and a half out of out of California, and uh, my motorcycle disintegrates underneath me. I have no idea what happened. No one knows what happened. Just um, witnesses said uh, the motorcycle just started flopping, and I wake up in the hospital. Really? Yeah. So, uh, so my brother Wally comes gets me. Um, you know, I, he takes me back to his place, and uh, and I, I recuperated. How long were you in the hospital? Oh, just they released me instantly. Okay, you just had road rash, basically. Well, there, there was more. That, okay, um, that's kind of part of the story. Yeah. Uh, so, so you know, I, I go back to his place, and and I had a sprained ankle, um, and recuperated for a couple of days, and then I said, you know, I, Wally, I got to head back to Montana. That's that's where Cindy and Mitchell are. So okay, we, I got a plane ticket. So we, um, I get back to Montana, hanging out, and and Brian Markey gets a show in Portland, Maine. So I said, okay, honey, uh, let's head out. So we, um, we had she, she, Cindy was renting a house, so we have to clean it up, get out of there. So um, I, I was still in a lot of pain from the accident. So I rent this big rototiller to clean up the yard, you know, rake it out nice, and and uh, and on our way to Portland, Maine, we 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 live, we get a little U-Haul mm-hmm. um, behind her Camry, and uh, we're heading, and we stop in Ohio, and I go see my old doctor um, from my first motorcycle accident. He's a great surgeon, 
So you already had a motorcycle accident oh, before. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, my first motorcycle accident was when I was 18. Oh. Um, I guess I could, I could jump to that really quick. Yeah, uh, let's talk about that real quick. Well, I... Obviously, it didn't slow you down. No, no. I, I, I bought a little Honda 400 because it was $1,200 brand new. How, how do you not buy that motorcycle? Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I started on my, my brother. I used to steal my brother... All right, let's go all the way back to the motorcycles. Yeah. Um, 12 years old, my brother Wally buys a, a Honda 450, uh, a twin cylinder. Great, great motorcycle. And, and um, he's in college playing baseball. And so whenever he's not home, I, you know, I, I take his motorcycle out for a ride. <laughs> yeah, little yeah. brother still. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I was only 12 or 13 then. Um. So I'm just having a blast. And, and, and my dad kind of knew I was doing it. I wore a helmet, so he, he didn't give me a hard time. You know, he would see me sometimes pull in the yard, and I'd get the motorcycle on the back, and he, he never said anything. He, he, that's normal boy stuff. Yeah, he was covering for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and, uh, what, and then my brother, no, no, my, my best friend Brian and I, one of my best friends. I had two yeah. best friends, John and Brian. But anyways, we're out riding, just having a good time, and um, I'd forgotten to turn the headlight on. So a, a police officer decides he's going to come around and give me a ticket. And I'm only, I think, 13 years old, so I'm going to be in big trouble. So I get in my first high-speed motorcycle police chase. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, in about 15 minutes, I, I, I had accumulated seven tickets, um, crashed the motorcycle. Uh, the, the police officer actually said, you were getting away from me, but a train was coming, so I, so I got blocked. So I was heading down the railroad tracks, and I hit some side tracks and crashed and got the motorcycle started again and tried to still outrun him and tried to jump across a, a ditch in a 400-pound street bike. <laughs> and, and I only made it halfway, so the, the police officer was was pretty upset. He had to trudge into that uh, watery ditch and yank me off that motorcycle, and um, and uh, and uh, cuffed me, and that was my first arrest. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, what'd your dad say? Well, he, well, he actually said, "Why didn't you just stop?" You know, when he tried to pull you over, and I said, "I, I don't know, Dad," and um, and. Uh, Dad was pretty upset with me. He, yeah. he, he knew I was goofing off, but I should have respected the police officer. Yeah. So, uh, so uh, you know, he went to court with me, and he, he, it was kind of funny. He told the judge, um, Judge, uh, I'm, I'm claiming temporary insanity for my son. <laughs> <laughs> he just lost his mind, and, and uh, it, was, it was actually a, a good time. So, actually, were you more scared of your dad and what he was going to say or your brother when when you knew that, you'd wrecked your brother's motorcycle. Cause I imagine your brother was ready to beat your ass. Well, um, he had, I think he had moved on from the motorcycle. Okay. So he, he, he knew I was taking it. Yeah. Um, so it, the motorcycle was pretty well wrecked, which is why I, I bought the new one. Yeah. The, the, the little Honda 400. Yeah. And, um, so, so, so while he was good, he, he, he didn't care. He, you know, yeah. he, he was a wild kid himself. Right and uh, and it, it, dad didn't much care. He he just was upset with my my um two hundred forty dollar fine. Yeah, 
which was pretty which incredible. Which is pretty, pretty cheap with oh, the yeah. amount of, t- with what you, uh, what you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you wrecked this bike when you're, you're 18. Yeah, well, I, I, I go to a, a little university um, football game with my friend Mark Bastian. And, and I wasn't drinking, you know, because I'm on the bike. And um, I said, I'm heading home, Mark, after the game. And, and we think we fell as- I fell asleep. Oh, really? Went right through an intersection and hit a tree. Damn. Yeah. Doing about 50 miles an hour. Holy shit. Yeah, and I broke everything. I mean, I almost ripped my leg off. Um, massive internal ja- damage. Um, uh, broken pelvic bone, ribs. Uh, broke my back. And uh, and so, and uh, and that was it. That you know for for a while, it actually ended my military career. Oh really? <laughs> I had, I had joined the Air Force to be a tactical aircraft maintenance specialist on the F A 18s And I was to ship out. Um, I, I think I was supposed to go to basic this coming November, that coming November. Right. And uh, after you you have a motorcycle accident of that magnitude, uh, they don't want you anymore. Yeah. So so. Uh, you were just 18 years old. Were you still actually in high school at that point? No, no. I, I graduated high school at 17. Okay. Yeah. And uh, just busted everything up. So yeah. how long were you in the hospital with that? That was, um, I was in the hospital on, on that one, I think, uh, I think five weeks on that one. Damn. Yeah. And then I'm sure a lot more recovery at home. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I recover fast. I, you know, um, it, I, I just, I move. I, I never stop. Yeah. So, so. Well, I mean, you, you were starting the story off at 19 years old running a, you know, on a roofing crew. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously you had just come off of all these injuries. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, broken back, broken pelvis, mm-hmm. legs, like the whole nine yards, like, and roofing's not easy for an able-bodied person. No, no. Uh, but, well, no, it, it, it was rough. It was painful, but, but, um. I healed and, and, and I got on it, and, and that's just what we did back then. Yeah, you know we, we we didn't stop. Right. You know we didn't have oh my knee hurts, um, so I can't play football. We we pushed through. Yeah, um, yeah. You know I I never missed I never missed a single practice ever really? in four years of high school. Yeah, um, just just what what we did back then. Right. Kids were tough. What do you think that? came from did it come from your parents it was it just internal was it expected across the board with all kids well um well well my, my family my dad my dad and mom were tough my, my, in in fact my dad um and his father my grandpa were one of chicago's toughest you know my grandpa was nicknamed moxie which means tough um and my dad had um, as my mom said, been kicked out of every single bar in Chicago. Uh, he, <laughs> he was just one of the toughest people ever. Yeah. My dad was. And, you know, he played uh, um, sports. He was semi-pro in baseball, semi-pro in football, um, just as tough as they come. Mm-hmm. And, and I got that from him and, uh, and my mom's side. I, I don't want to discount my mom's side. I'm Polish, Lithuanian, and we just we're, we're tough kids. Right. Right. Um, and, and the neighborhood, that's the way it was also, you, you know, you, you didn't take any gruff, you, you stuck up for yourself. Sure. So speaking of being tough, you've come through this motorcycle accident. 
out here. You've 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 come from Montana. You're back. You're back now, and you're talking to your home doctor that yeah. that obviously dealt with all of your previous oh, okay. injuries, yeah. right? So, so you go to your doctor. What's mm-hmm. and what's hurting you at this point? Well, my neck and shoulder. Okay. So um, so I go to uh, Doctor Patel. He's the one who put me together the first motorcycle accident. So. Uh, I said, Doc, I, you know, I, I can't move my neck, my shoulder. Now, the hospital in, in California, they just got rid of me. It was a sprained ankle, right? Okay. So now I'm in Toledo seeing my old doctor, and he does a uh, MRI. And he says, you have a broken vertebrae in your neck, and your shoulder's broken. Oh, shit. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, I'm doing all this work um, with, a bro- with a broken vertebrae in my neck and a broken shoulder. Oh my God! Yeah, and and and, I, and so now I'm going to a movie, right? I need a job. You know, yeah. I, so I can't tell him I have a broken neck and a broken shoulder. So I get to Maine, and, and uh, the first, first, you know, three or four weeks of that job were were very painful. Well, no shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So you, the doctor doesn't say, "Hey, you should stay here," and like. It obviously must not have required surgery. Well, he, he said right now it's already fusing back together. Okay, there's, it's starting to heal. Yeah, there's nothing we could do about it. Okay. So let's just go on. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, but maybe take it easy. Yeah. Would be a good idea. Mm-hmm. Some good advice. Yeah. Well, another little funny part of the story is, you know, um, Brian could not, Brian Markey could not get um, gun nails for his uh, guns, uh, nail guns immediately had to order them i don't know he must have had a different brand or whatever they carried in portland maine so we started hand nailing all these sets together yeah with a broken shoulder and a broken neck so so yeah that was, that was an interesting start of that movie do you tell your brother when you start working there like hey my neck's broke but well I'll do wally, my best <laughs> wally wasn't on that one okay yeah no no and i didn't tell anybody yeah i i, I don't want to take any chance of them saying sorry we can't use you right mm-hmm. did when you come out of the doctor and you like come see your your wife do you tell her uh my neck's broke let's go <laughs> <laughs> well no, don't worry honey it's just a broken neck yeah. and a broken shoulder we'll we'll be fine yeah, yeah well yeah we, we always were fine um you know like i said nothing nothing slowed slowed us down it, yeah growing up in toledo yeah you know, we just we just did what we did yeah wow so you go to work there. Um, are you? Is it? Does how long does it take before you start finally start being able to kind of work without lots of pain? Oh, um, I, I, I've always been a fast, re, um, fast recovery person. Uh, um, I, I guess two or three weeks, and, and I'm getting back into it. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's a beautiful place. We we got, we rented a house right two blocks from the beach um, in Portland, Maine. Gorgeous, mm-hmm. just just gorgeous, and um, they shut the movie down after five weeks. Why is that? Uh, the lead actor, it was it was uh, the movie The Good Son. Okay, and I I don't think they could get Macaulay Culkin in time. He was doing another project, so oh, they okay. shut the whole show down. Really? So um, I had borrowed money to get there, and um, and now what do I do? So, uh, so we had to pack up and head back to Montana. Really? Mm-hmm. Were there, I mean, was that all before, you know, n- nowadays with, with Hollywood and all that stuff, there's all these different labor unions, working unions, like, 
Was yeah. that all before all of that? Yes. When, when did that stuff come along? Well, um, that, that, that comes along when I get to Wilmington. Okay. So, so we leave Maine. I, I go back to Montana. I try and find a couple of odd jobs and um, nothing. Mm-hmm. So, so, so then I, then I got the, the other phone call from brother Wally. Mm-hmm. Um, he's in Wilmington, North Carolina doing Mario brothers. Okay. So, so, um, he says, all right, Jim, come on, come on up to Wilmington, North Carolina. And, and my brother, Mike too. So we get there and, um, at that time, I, I think the, uh, Caracol studios was the third largest studio in the country. We had New York, California, and, in Wilmington. So uh, we got there and rented a house on the beach, um, Carolina Beach. And I said, you know, Cindy, uh, the industry is here. Let's just live here. Yeah. So that's why we made um, Wilmington our home. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we and uh, another great show, uh, Mario Brothers. In- incredible set building and designing. Yeah. Yeah. So proud of my brother Wally. So he was the art director on all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, he was the art director. Wow, very creative guy, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, maybe someday you could uh, Google him. He, he's an incredible artist. While he was, just what's his last name? Wal- Walter Martitius. Martitius. Okay. Yeah. I was I was trying to figure out this morning how to say your last name. Yeah, Martitius. I was going yeah. to ask you. Uh-huh. Uh it's very cool. So when you were building this stuff, did you occasionally call him and go, what the hell were you designing this this way for? This is this is tough. <laughs> well, the, 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 that's that's another funny thing. Um, I had an in, right? Right. I, I have a brother who's an art director. Yeah. So so um, so I could get information that no one else could. I mean, when something didn't make sense, I could just walk into Wally's office and say, hey, brother, you know, can can you explain this? Help yeah. us build it better. So it, it was it was really cool having Wally work in there, and, and of course my brother Mike in the paint department. So at this point, you're getting some experience on these sets. You've done a few. Uh, yeah. Are you still just a framer? Are you starting to kind of move up a little bit more in like managing the jobs or what? What, what no. what's your what's your role? Are you still just doing the hard yeah, labor? Yeah, I'm I'm just just a carpenter. I'm a mm-hmm. studio mechanic. They call us. Um, and this is before unions. Yeah. So did it pay pretty good? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, well, Mario Brothers, we worked a ton of overtime. Really? I mean, it, it, and, and they had a lot of money, and, and that we made. Yeah, we made some good money on Mario Brothers. Yeah. Yep. Good show. Yeah. So how long? How long did that build take you? That that was a big build. I, you know, I I can't remember the exact. Yeah. Uh, times but i would say six months six seven months that was a big movie right and um and you guys just stayed there and then and then at that point do you start working on just the next movie or the next sets or how does that work yeah um we go on to hudsucker proxy um i do you know i get a job on that now it took a long time for me to get a job on hudsucker proxy because um my boss jeff schlaughter was not working on that one uh jeff passante was the construction coordinator on that and he didn't know me so um so every every other day i went and walked in and said hey i'm ready to work i got my tools in the truck and um it took me three weeks to get a job with him and and, and i was running out of money I, I was i was actually starting to call my old companies seeing if they take me back yeah I, I just had no money so finally um uh, their foreman said all right go get your tools we'll start you 
Yeah. So I worked on Hudsucker Proxy for a month and a half. And then, uh, and then my uh, first boss in Wellington, Jeff Schlatter, got, got a, The Crow. Oh, really? The movie The Crow. Yeah. And, um, and I was the very first person. That, and, I, and I went and thanked um, Jeff Passante for hiring me. But, you know, Jeff was local. He, he was my first boss in Wilmington. So I, I uh, asked if I could be released and start with Jeff. And, and he shook my hand and said, thanks for coming to me. Yeah. And, and, and talking. So that was good. Mm-hmm. So I start with Jeff Schlatter um, on The Crow. And um, we started tearing sets down, you know, and we're building big sets on the back lot. Another good movie. I, I, I love working on movies. Something different every time. How do these work? Do they generally, like, build a set and shoot that, all, that movie and whatnot, and then if another movie comes along, they just t- kind of tear things down and rebuild on the same piece of dirt? That's right, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, so Wilmington had, had at that time a, a big back lot. Um, where they put all their outdoor sets. And, um, and uh, so th- there would be telephone poles stuck in the ground. So you tear all the old set off the telephone poles and you put your new set facades uh, uh, anchored to the telephone poles um, and you build from there. I see. So, so yeah, that was, uh, we, we were having a good time on that one. Uh, and and, and then, then the big one. Yeah. Yeah, the... Uh, me contacting the uh, power lines. So how does this happen? Well, what well, is it? What set are you on when you're doing well, this? We're on a, a big church. It's for the crow. We're on a back lot, the front of a church. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to reach uh, these big, huge door section. And what we would do is we'd clamp it to the front of the JLG, and um, I would put it in place, and uh, the guys would secure it. And, uh, and I couldn't reach it. It was just out of reach. So I was going to uh, retract, go around to the other side of the building, and, um, and pick it up and play, put it in place. And, uh, and uh, nobody, nobody knows what happened then. I, I, uh, I boomed up into 13,200 volts of power. Were you in a basket? Yeah, in a okay, basket. Okay, so when you boomed up and hit that, you're, you're standing, you're right in contact at the, at the power yeah. line. So I... Yeah. For people that don't know they're listening, I was a lineman for the power company mm-hmm. uh, for Northwestern Energy here. So I know a little bit about power and yeah. I've heard about, you know, plenty of accidents in our safety meetings. Um, <clears throat> obviously, obviously for that to even happen at all, uh, the fact that there's power lines in that vicinity and they're not covered or there's nobody paying attention to that is, uh, you know, is, is definitely obviously a first mistake that I think was yeah. more common back then. Like nowadays, there's a lot more safety standards. Well, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. In fact, I'd, I'd like to say um, I, saw, I, I started, because of my accident, I, I kind of started a new wave of safety a, at the studios. Really? Um, yeah, we, we were cowboys back then. You know, there was, there was no rules. Right. Um, we, we just did what we had to do to, to get the sets built. And, um, and after my accident, uh, it, it all changed. So you're, so you're booming up. You, you don't remember actually doing it at all? No. Okay. No, um, uh, and, and were you, did I hear it right? Were you near a substation? Well. Potentially? Um, I, I, I thought I remember, I well, think you had texted me that he was near a substation. 
Well, we knocked out power to the whole half of the city. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, it, it was a main power line, 13,250 volts or something like that. And uh, yeah, and it w- th- there was a problem with those power lines. Um, it, they were too close to the back of the set. Yep. And, and they were too low. You know, mm-hmm. you know they, they were only 15 foot off the ground. Oh, really? Yeah. So you weren't high at all? No, no. Um, yeah, see, there's a, there's definitely minimum standards now, which, yeah. you know, for, for, and it depends on voltage, but, mm-hmm. and if you were actually near a substation, the, the arc fault that, that the, the arc fault that can happen right near a substation where the power is actually being distributed mm-hmm. is, is, uh, uh, just incredibly more violent, uh, faults when you, yeah. when you have a fault versus like out on the end of a line. Uh, not that it's going to be good for anybody to come in contact with power, no matter where they are. But yeah. um, what uh, when, when you when you hit that power line, I guess obviously you had a huge flash, which yeah. you which you don't remember, but mm-hmm. clearly you had a huge flash. How did uh, do you know how they got you down or how yeah. any of that happened? Yeah. Well, um, well, the basket was the ground, hit the ground wire, and my head hit the, the positive, yep. the live. And um, so I was knocked out instantly. Like you said, huge flash. And, um, and my clothes. My clothes is what caused all this damage. Um, it was uh, February 1st, so it was cold. And uh, so we, I had those fake fleece jackets on. Yeah. Which are just plastic. It melted to you. It, it melted to me. And, and uh my, my my good friend Chris Crowder and and Steiner climbed the boom. They couldn't get the boom started. The JLG yeah. started back up. Yeah. So um, they climbed the boom to put me out. I was oh just my. up there burning. Oh my god. So so Chris and Steiner get me put out. Ralph Olson gets the JLG started. Which that's not going to happen fast. I mean to no. to find a fire extinguisher. Well, or, there was there was no fire extinguisher. They put me out with their hands. Really. Um, which is. Uh, Another problem because I'm all plastic. Yeah. So so Chris and Steiner get me put out. Ralph gets the, the basket down on the ground. So they pull me out of the basket. And um, as soon as they spread me out, I burst back into flames. Because now the, the oxygen has reached the the, uh, the burning clothes again. Yeah. So so they had to strip all the clothes off of me. Uh, Ralph Olston burned himself very uh, – he had to go to the hospital. His hands were burned very bad. And um, – and they finally got me uh, stripped down, uh, stopped burning, and uh, and the paramedics were there at that time. Wow. So so yeah, the, those those three guys saved my life. There's no doubt. Yeah, yeah. The 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 clothing portion is something that um, you know there's now requirements in in a lot of different industries, but in the power industry, you know the FR rated clothing where yeah. if if you do have a flash. Um, you know, they, they measure it in calories, you know, the, the, and how that stuff burns. And, and the fact that even if you have layers underneath of an arc layer, mm-hmm. but if you're wearing polyester or some plasticky shit, you know, as a base layer and same thing here in the wintertime, it's cold. You're wearing, you know, long johns and stuff like that to try to stay warm, but that stuff will melt to your skin yeah. and, yeah. and burn. And, uh, uh, you know, a lot of people, and, and I'll be honest, I mean, a lot of linemen that I worked around, you, you do get complacent because, I mean, it's it's incredibly rare for it to have it happen, yeah. but but you're walking testament to what it can be like when it does happen. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, 
I, I don't wear plastic anymore. Yeah. I try not to. Mm-hmm. So, so you wake up in the burn unit then? Yeah, yeah. How, uh, how long were you in a coma? Well, they kept me in a coma. What I I think three weeks. Really? Yeah. Um, and uh, how, and, how uh, much of your body was burned? I'm a fifty percent full thickness. Full it, thickness. What's that mean? Full thickness means burn skin, muscle, and no skin fat and muscle. Wow. So I I I, I was down to bones on my chest are you serious yeah yeah. holy shit yeah it was it was it was it's quite a job keeping me alive yeah by dr peterson wow Mm -hmm. um so they keep you in a coma and and then what what happens i mean what happens when you go into the burn unit at this point what do they start doing to you well um slowly they, they they start doing skin grafts um, I mean, I have hundreds on my chest mm-hmm. and, and, and they, you, know, you, you do a little, you heal, and then they'll take you back in. And f- for a couple months, I'm, I'm doing surgeries every, every, you know, once a week, major surgeries where they're taking skin off my legs and, uh, and putting it where it needs to go. Were you still in a coma at that point? No, no, I'm awake now. Okay. Which, uh, God, <laughs> which I'm not too happy about. Yeah. You know, there's no, there's, there really is no amount of morphine they could give you that, um, that, that stops the pain from the scrubbings. You know, they, they got to clean you in the, in the bath. Um, and it's, it's not pleasant. So from what I understand from some friends of mine that have gone through some of this, uh, mostly through war injuries, uh, do they scrub your burns every single day? Or, or is it, is it pretty, I mean, it's very often, right? Yeah. They have to clean. And why, why is it that they have to do that? Well, um, I don't think they did it every day with me. See, Dr. Peterson um, believed that let's just leave that burnt skin as long as we can. Um, so they would scrub me before an operation. They would get rid of the, the toasted skin uh, before an operation, and, and, and so that's when the scrubbings would happen. Yeah. Um, he, I didn't go in and, and where they just did a, a, a full scrub and get all the dead skin off. Because he, he actually thought that uh, that dead skin would kind of protect, you know, underneath. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, they, they would mostly scrub right before an operation. Wow. Mm-hmm. So h- how many operations do you end up having? I, you know, I, I lost count. Yeah. Um, and, 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 uh, you know, I, I was there a full three months and then, um, we rented a little, uh, little house for another additional month. So I was in Chapel Hill for four months and, uh, I mean, there had to be dozens and dozens of operations. Yeah. I mean, I, I probably have 200 postage stamp, uh, graphs on my chest. Really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, where do they get the skin from to do the graphs? Anywhere they can, um, mostly my my butt, my yeah. calves, uh, the back of the back of my legs were not burned. Okay, so um, so the only dang thighs. part of your body that's good, they then go cut it up. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they, they peel the skin off, which I tell you, sometimes was a uh, was well actually it was more painful than the site where they put the skin on. Really? See, the, the burned areas um, aren't that sensitive uh, because you, I burned all my nerve endings away. So w- where they peel that skin off, um, 
the graft site it is very painful. Man. Yeah. Yeah, those nerve endings are on fire at that yeah. point. Mm-hmm. What uh, <clears throat> Are you able to grow any feeling back where the grafts are? Um, to this day, not, not really. I, I mean, I, I, I can feel pressure, mm-hmm. but, but I, I literally could put a, a burning pan on my thighs and don't feel it. Really? Yeah. Scalding hot shower. I, I don't feel it on my chest, but of course I could feel it on my back. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, how does your, I, I also got to imagine for, for your family, this has got to be in just as, as, as bad as it is for you. I mean, just agonizing for them to see you going through that kind of suffering. Yeah. Well, especially hard for Cindy. She was, um, six months pregnant with future son, Zachary. And, um, and so, I mean, yeah, I, what a what a credit to Cindy's toughest girl mm-hmm. to go through that, and your parents, I'm sure, to to see in that that state. Yeah, my 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 sister told me that my that my my father actually was wondering why I lived, prayed to God, said God would take him, what why let him go through this pain? Yeah, mm-hmm. sorry. No, you're fine. Um, will you grab have Matt grab some tissues? Yeah. Uh, as a as a as a father, yeah, I, you know, th- there's a few things as a parent. Like one, you 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 never want to outlive your own kids. Yeah, and uh, <clears throat> and you never want to see your kids go through pain, especially that that kind of pain. No, I mean it. No. Um, I, I, you know, I. I know of another story where it was a similar situation where uh, that person was in the hospital for months going through the burn center. And when he finally got out, he was finally told that his father had passed away because when he'd come and seen him in the burn unit, he, he walked out and had a heart attack. And passed oh away. no. Oh, so, so the, the pain, I, I, you know, the, the pain that your, your parents yeah. were going through seeing their son there, I'm sure was um, beyond agonizing. Mm-hmm. I just can't even imagine. Yeah. Well, I mean, poor dad and mom. I mean, I had been through, now this is my actually fourth life-threatening accident. Yeah, you put them through some hell. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I was was kind of a hellraiser as a young person. Yeah, which, I mean, obviously this situation was... uh, uh, obviously not not part of your hell raising necessarily. Maybe yeah. a lack of uh, a pro- probably more than anything, it's a lack of understanding of of the. Wouldn't even call it reckless if you don't even know. Well, it, it, of course, I was aware of power lines. Um, you know, I worked around that set a lot, and uh, and they had they had done a, a reconstructive um, mock up model of the entire back lot. Mm-hmm. Thank you, and. Um, and we just, they had NASA give us the position of the sun with the time, latitude, long, the whole nine yards. Um, and they just, they literally said the way I was facing, the sun was directly in my eyes, and I just could not see those power lines. Oh. And that was as simple as that. And that, that is something that I can, I can attest to. There's... You know, we would rubber glove the power line, so we would work them when they're hot. And yeah. you would go up in the air at times. Um, there's a couple different things that can happen, but when you'd go up in the air, you you don't really have the reference of the ground. 
yeah. around you. Mm-hmm. So depth perception can be an issue. Yeah. And you can be going up there and think that you're maybe several feet away and the wire's actually a foot away from yeah. you. Was, um, or, yeah. or you go to reach out and grab it and it's not quite there yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then you, you add in the elements of either darkness or, or sunshine with bright brightness. Yeah. It, it uh, And that wire a lot of times, depending on the size, if it's just a little number six copper wire um, or a little piece of four acer that's super small aluminum, it, it can blend into the sky behind it. Exactly, yep. Um, so it could be very, very easy with some sun and sky and whatnot to go up there and just not, just not see it flat yeah. out, not see it. Mm-hmm. Plus, you're, you're if you're driving a, a lift, you're also watching the ground to where that thing's at. Uh, if you're booming up, you're trying to avoid, you know, or, or get yourself in a position at the place that you're trying to work on. Yeah, there's so many distractions that can happen, and that's why, for people that don't know, you know, and this is free. The power company will come out and cover lines for free. Mm-hmm. It's a public safety. Deal. So, like, when they build buildings in, in town, we would go there and put orange, bright orange cover, rubber or plastic cover on the lines for as far as they want. It could be 200 feet. We would cover that whole entire line with yeah. bright plastic. Uh, and it does two things. It keeps you from contacting that line, but it also makes it very visual. And it gives you that depth perception that you need to be able to see it. Yeah. Um, so, what you're experiencing and a lot of what you went through is probably a lot of the reason that I ended up putting cover on lines for contractors 20 years, 30 years later. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, they should they should have done – those lines should not have been energized that close to the back of a set. Yeah. It, simple as that. Uh, they had been de-energized for, for a previous movie, so it was possible to, to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so what were your – what were your thoughts sitting there in the hospital through all this recovery? What what's going through your mind? Oh boy, I, uh, I mean, it, it's just just you know, your life is over. You know, right. what are you going to do? You know, um, first of all, you have to survive because the infection is incredible. Um, you know, I, I'd I'd gotten a, a lung infection that should have killed killed me. I, no one knows why I didn't. It was that the, nothing they could do would, would, no medicine they had was was fixing it. Mm. Um, it was so bad, and and uh, and uh, so I, you know, I don't think anyone expected me to survive. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, it, like I said, back to when I was a kid, you, you, you just do what you have to do. Mm-hmm. We're, we're tough kids, and and um, I, I don't know, I, I I don't think I'm anything special. I just survived. I, I just. Uh, Got stronger. Well, you're definitely something special. I will. I'll disagree with yeah. you there, but uh, uh, which is exactly why your son suggested I have you on here. So he thinks you're something special yeah. as well. So, uh, with your recovery, um, when you finally get to leave the hospital, what's that day like when you walk out? Well, or were you able to walk out? Were you still in a wheelchair at that point? Well, no, I I had been walking. That was one of the big steps. See, I the the, um, the voltage went through my spine. So I had spinal damage also. Damn. And, and, and then being inactive for months, um, I had to learn to walk again. Really? So it, it was quite a feat to, to be to walking. And, and then my balance was, you know, I, I just fall over. How, um, how did you not lose your vision? Well, um, were you wearing safety glasses? No. Um, I did lose vision in, in one eye. Okay. C- central nerve damage. 
I, I had um I had some peripheral vision, but I lost central nerve uh, central vision in my right eye. Mm-hmm. So so that that's another thing, you know. You know, with one one eye, your depth perception is gone. Did you ever get it back? No, no, no. In, in, in fact, um, years years later, I, I uh, my right eye recently within the last four or five years, I, I got an infection at, at at a job, and um and ended up losing my eye. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. So uh, so I have one prosthetic eye, mm-hmm. which, wow. which is pretty incredible because uh, the, the the little uh, the doctor who made the prosthetic eye. His wife um, paints this eye with a tiny little brush, just like an artist. Really? She has a palette and a little brush, and she painted this eye by hand. And, and, and then they glaze it and, and, and bake it. It's like a ceramic eye. Yeah. But um, Well, I mean, sitting here talking to yeah. you, I had no idea. No. You, you can't tell at all. No, she painted that with a tiny little brush. Wow. Pretty pretty neat. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, um. With your with your recovery, were you able uh, to move your arms and, and use your arms in the hospital? Yeah, well, the, um, yeah, yeah, we we had worked. Uh, um, my arms were a big deal because wherever you're burned, your body wants to close. All right, so I, I have fifty percent open wounds theoretically, or, or kind of mm-hmm. on my whole body. So the entire time you're healing from an injury like this, your body is squeezing together, mm-hmm. right? um scar bands they call it so my my arms everything is is um squeezing together mm-hmm. so it's constant stretching constant um to get mobility back on my arm so that that took years uh you know it was a couple of years before i got back to full work condition really yeah a lot of therapy stretching and in more operations were you able to speak okay in the hospital yeah yeah, yeah i think so Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you started uh, doing therapy for walking, and and uh, what what was that? What was that? What was that like? I mean, I'm sure it was incredibly frustrating. Yeah, well, well, it, a lot of therapy for um, muscle regenerating too. I, you know, I, I was 200 pounds, um, a, 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 a big strong man. Yeah, and and I I come out of the hospital at maybe 155, mm-hmm. maybe less. So uh, it took a long time to get my strength back. Yeah. Get back to working order. Yeah. So again, you're walking out of the hospital, um, which is a feat in itself. I Mm -hmm. mean, to be alive, to leave the hospital is a feat, and to be on your own feet walking out. Yeah. uh, What was that feeling like? It it was good. They didn't want me to go. Um, The hospital was very... um, apprehensive of letting me go that you know how is he going to do in, in, in out back out in the in in the society um you know what's it going to be like and 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 finally i'm like just let me go what I'm were not, they what were they concerned about m- mental um my mental uh, health okay you so know? it was a little less physical and more f- yeah yeah um how would you know i i was i, I you know i'm, I'm looking clearly good right now but when i left i was i was i was tore up yeah you know uh i didn't look good yeah so 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 i I think they they were really worried about how i would deal with uh with society with people looking at me and and staring and pointing and and uh, that really never 
bother me. It didn't? No. I mean, you know, of course it bothers you a little, but it, it, I didn't let it get to me. Let's put it that way. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, did, did, did you go through some therapy or any counseling or anything for that back then? Uh, no. Not no, really? No. I, uh, I, I like to say um, I'm the sanest man in, in, in definitely my family. and in in north carolina yeah i did the mental testing i Mm -hmm. i I did uh uh, two weeks of mental testing and and they found nothing Mm -hmm. wrong with me did you find people more uh did you find people just not want to look at you did you have people ask you what happened or did they try to ignore it or and 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 you know part of my question is is how should people treat you know that when you when you see someone who has clearly gone through something, whether it's burns or something else, um, yeah. you know what? That's always a tough thing to know for someone who hasn't gone through it. How, how yeah. to react? Um, my friends, no difference. I, they look at me, they look me in the eye, and, and, and no big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, children, the, a lot of children will ask, and, and I tell them, I tell them what happened. It, it, it's um. I don't mind children. You know, of course, it's it's interesting. It's it's different. Um, That's actually the beautiful thing about them is yeah. their honesty. Yeah. And their uh-huh. their curiosity. Yeah. Yeah. So 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 um, yeah. a, a few people. You know, it, it wasn't as widespread as as, as you might think. Um, yeah. The, the the staring and the, and the pointing. There's been some some instances, but very few. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think. Um, People accepted it. I, you know, I never hit it. Right. I, I I was out in public every day. Right. So when you leave the hospital, what would you go do? Um, Put your tool belt on and go back no, to work? No, well, <laughs> well the, the, I, I think there was about two years of recovery. Yeah, um, you, you strike yeah. me as the guy that as soon as you possibly can, you're going to be back to work. Yeah. But. Well, there was there was no resting. Yeah. Um, you know, there was... But a, it's, you're, you're, it's a huge job to go... I mean, when you're leaving the hospital, you're nowhere near really recovered no no not at all like i said the walking i was i was very unstable um you know i couldn't close my eyes in the shower i'd just fall over yeah um my equilibrium was all messed up um uh but but uh so so yeah i i I slowly got back to to work um physically got stronger and uh and and eventually went back to working on movies so how do you how do you make it financially? I mean, did 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 the movie company step up and 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 compensate you during this time? Because I mean, you had just said you'd kind of going job to job, and if yeah. you don't have a job for a little bit, you run out of money pretty quick, which is the way that most young people are in this mm-hmm. world. If you know, if you're not working, uh, you're going to run out of money pretty fast. And yeah. you know, clearly you've got all these hospital bills, and you're not working. Yeah. Um, it, well, it, it was a workman's comp cl- case, of of course. Yeah. Um. So I, I was getting a small check from them, mm-hmm. small, um. And, and and I tried to do little odd jobs. You know, my friends, uh, my friends would give me small small jobs. And <laughs> Jeep Stapleton had me come out and cut his grass, and uh, gave me gave me like two hundred dollars to cut his grass. I said, Jeep, right? You can't give me two hundred dollars for cutting your grass. And and he said, No, no, Jim, I can. So, um, so that they, my friends took care of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. Community. We, yeah. There were fundraisers. That, oh, they came out of the woodwork. Really? Friends and, and family and, uh, incredible. 
um, yeah, they, they, they helped me a lot. That had to have helped you also a lot mentally knowing you had that support. Yeah. Yes. And, 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 and just what a great family. And, and, and of course my wife, um, and Mitchell and, uh, and my new son, Zachary, uh, support all around. How old was Mitchell? Mitchell at that time? Mitchell at that time was, um. You were five? Five. Yeah. You should, uh. Grab Henry's mic real quick, Mitchell. Mitchell's sitting here uh, in the corner kind of listening. What what was that like for you? What do you remember from that? I mean, you're five years old. It's probably, you know, but it, I don't remember a lot from when I was five, but that's also a very traumatic time period as well. Do you remember much from it? I, I do have some memories. Um, I remember being at the hospital. I remember seeing Dad in there after the accident. Uh, I just have slide around here real quick, right by him. Actually, you can just swing that around. That way, you're kind of on camera. This is, we're calling an audible here, but we get to do whatever we want. <laughs> That's right. Slide that way just a tiny okay. bit. I have snippets of uh, memories. I think pull that right up. The the traumatic aspect of it, seeing that happen to your dad, I forgot a lot of it, or maybe. Just couldn't remember it. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember uh, when my brother was born, which I think that's one reason that he survived, to be honest. Yeah. There's pictures of uh, him in the hospital holding my brother uh, during the accident. Really? Think, yeah. Uh, I think that's one of the things that kept him alive. So um, they had actually wheeled me down to the maternity ward. Really? Yeah, I, I was in my hospital bed, so they put me right next to Cindy. So we, we were in hospital hospital beds together. Wow. As Zachary was born. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, thank God you were able to be there for that though at yeah. that point. And you and you remember some of it, a little bit of it? Uh yeah, small parts. I remember where we stayed while he was in the hospital. There was a pond out back. It was uh a nice place to like uh, retreat to from yeah. that. Um just going and seeing him. Yeah. In there. It was rough. He he's humble. He doesn't <laughs> tell you how bad it was. Yeah. Well, I, I yeah I can't even imagine how bad it was because I I've, I've I've heard of several people that have been in the burn unit, <laughs> been through the burn unit, and <clears throat> it's like the worst place on earth, just with the screams and the the cleaning yeah. of the wounds. There's a smell in there that sticks with you, and that. Uh, blood transfusions. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I had so many blood. The way I was burned, um, one, of the, the, one of the big worries was me bleeding to death because my veins and arteries were right on the surface. Oh. So the nurse would come in at night to check on me, and I would be bleeding out just because I cracked something open. Yep. I moved and, and cracked my skin open. and So, yeah, there, there, there was a lot of emergency blood transfusions in the burn center. Wow. Th- yeah, those are the things you don't think about at all when you're, when I think about a burn victim, you just don't think about any of that stuff. Yeah. And, and, and you know, uh, as bad as it was, uh, the children, uh, God, I, I pray to God that the children were so, you know, you never want to see a child at a burn center. Yeah. It's so bad. Yeah. But, um, but the, they, that was a good burn center, Chapel Hill. Was it? Yeah, they, they, they very good. Mm-hmm. Um, 
It took care of you. Or do, do they have to put you on, uh, you know, I've, I've heard of them having to put people on uh, basically things that rotate you to keep your circulation going. No, um, they, they kept me moving. Did they? Oh, the physical therapist, um, oh, boy, they were. <laughs> Probably evil, huh? Evil. evil. Nice people, of course, but I, at that time, they were evil. It'd be I, a hard job. Oh, uh, yeah. Being them, knowing, I mean, to come every day to that job. Yeah. I mean, they're doing um, incredible work, obviously. Yeah, but, special people, definitely. But I can't imagine, and, I, and I'm sure they get a lot of blowback from their patients, you know, angry at them. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't cooperate. I mean, I'm, I'm in a lot of pain. You know, my life was turned upside down. Uh, I did not cooperate with the physical therapist uh, all that well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I, and it's completely understandable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Especially with how much you're also mentally going through as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It 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 was a big deal, you know. Um, I have a, a new beautiful wife. We had just gotten married. Um, you know, I, I have a family, Mitchell and Zachary, and uh, and I, I don't know what, what what the future holds. You know, right? I I had no idea what what yeah. it was going to go forward. Yeah, if you were even going to be able to take care of them. Or, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you, uh, you leave, uh, the hospital and you're, and you're recovering and you can stay on if you want, or you can hop out. It's what, what's okay. up to you. But okay. if you have anything to add, I want to make sure you feel free to jump in anytime. Okay. Or if he, if yeah. he skips over anything that we need to drill him on. The, uh, the Lincoln accident, you got to tell him about that too. Oh boy. Uh, okay. I mentioned I've been in four, four major accidents. Yeah. You only know about three of them. <laughs> <laughs> He's the indestructible man. Well, the the, uh, the Datsun two ten was, was a big one. Um, my sister's Datsun. She she had moved on and bought another car. So my family being as big as it was, um, there were a lot of cars, and, and sometimes the cars just kind of drifted down to the next person to drive them. So sure. So I'm driving a little Datsun two ten, and and. Um, at what age? Uh, I can't remember. This is this was this was be- before I went to Chicago. So, so I have I have the the small motorcycle accident, and, and I guess this is the number two accident. Mm-hmm. Um. So, uh, so, so I'm 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 sorry to say, my my friend and I, Brian, were out drinking, and um, we had actually called called to have someone come pick us up, and they told us. To go to hell, <laughs> so uh, Jeez. so um, so uh, so I I I don't even remember driving. That's how we had been drinking margaritas, and I I'm in my sister's Datsun two ten, and I thank God to this day that no one no one was seriously injured. Uh, of course, I was, but no one else. Mm-hmm. Thank God. Um, but I hit a, a Lincoln head on with a little Datsun two ten. Holy shit! Yeah, and. Uh, and uh, what an accident. Uh, you know, we had rolled uh, 13 times or something like that. Uh, the paramedics, they had to cut the car in four pieces to get us out. Um, my friend Brian was with me and got a cut on his chin. And, and, and so that's why I say, thank God he wasn't hurt or, or, or killed. And yeah. the, the people in the Lincoln, they didn't even go to the hospital. They, they were fine. Well, um, Lincoln's a tank. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I owned a couple of them. Yeah. 
and uh, and then and that that accident ma- mangled my legs, um, just t- t- I mean broken legs, broken ankles, broken feet, broken toes. Really? Yeah. The the, the uh, front left wheel of the, the Datsun two ten was actually s- touching my seat between my legs. Holy shit! Yeah. So um, so all, my leg legs were in all that carnage. Um, more broken ribs, uh, broken s- sternum. Um, and this is before your motorcycle accident where you hit the tree. No, th- this one is after. After. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I thought this okay. is number two. Okay. So um, so that 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 was that was a, a heck of a recovery. Um, I was counting the one the when you were thirteen and you tried jumping the ditch and. The, the, no, that really wasn't an accident. Oh, that was that's... just as a high speed chase. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Yeah, that was that one was just good, clean fun. Yeah. Yeah. So we hit we hit the tree. Then we have the Datsun against the Lincoln. Yeah. Which is you're definitely at a disadvantage in that one. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then the th- the third one was the uh, was the the motorcycle accident in California. Yep. And then we have the burn one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, damn. Uh, <clears throat> that and so you you had that Datsun accident after you'd been all put back together from your. Your big motorcycle yeah, accident. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was a bad one. Um, they have to do surgery and like pin you back together. On oh, stuff? oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and kind of another funny story. Um, I, I had owned a Lincoln Continental that my dad gave me for for in lieu of painting. Um, you know, sometimes, like I said, we would just get cars, and my brother Mike pull that up towards you just a little bit. There you go. And um, I gave my T-Bird, 74 T-Bird, to my br- brother Mike. I had a blown engine. So um, we had bought an old Lincoln, a wrecked Lincoln, and I, and I changed the engine in my brother Mike's T-Bird with full casts on my legs above my knees. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I did it in the rain. That's part of the story. So my casts are soaking wet now. So I said, all right, I've had enough. I've had enough of these casts. So I go get in the bathtub so, and let them soak, and I've got a razor knife, and I cut my casts off, both my legs. Um, they were just a hindrance. So, uh, so I, go, I, go to, <laughs> I go to walk out of the bathroom, and there's something sticking out of the bottom of my foot. I'm like, what the hell? And uh, I reached, and I didn't know. I had pins sticking out of my uh, feet. Holding my ankle together. Oh shit! So now I'm in trouble. Now, now I got to go to uh, you know I, because of the accident. I was at my mom's house, you know, so so um, she could help take care of me. And uh, so now I gotta say, Mom, um, you got to take me to the doctor. There's something sticking out of the bottom of my foot. So so we go to the doctor, and um, Doctor Patel is shaking his head. So they X-ray me, and he says, he says, well. Um, I'm not going to put the cast back on. You know, your legs are healing pretty good. Um, and and uh, so we pulled that pin out. And, and, and the way they pull a pin out is with a pair of, of sterile vice grips. Ugh. They clamp it on the end of the pin and just yank it out. So, uh, so yeah. Uh, but that felt good. Oh, well, <laughs> the, the first time we tried it, the vice grip slipped off. And that pin vibrated, and oh my god! Oh jeez, yeah, that, that was very painful. But second second time he 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 got it done. Yeah, pulled that pin out. So so then then I just went from there. How far between your uh, 
your big motorcycle accident and and the Dotson accident were you? I mean, how how long had you healed up before you piled yourself back up? Not 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 long, maybe a year, a year and a half. Yeah, yeah. God dang, you're the bionic man. Well, yeah. I, so sometimes I I don't know if I'm lucky or unlucky. <laughs> <laughs> maybe a little of both. Yeah, yeah. So with with your recovery from your burns, we're back we're back now in North Carolina. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I'm glad you brought that up. That's a, I mean, you know, it's hard because I don't know your story. So as I'm interviewing you, 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 most people don't have this much stuff go on in their lives before they're 20. Yeah, you you put you put a life you put a lifelong uh, pile of injuries on yourself and and experiences that most people don't do in a whole life. You did before you're 20. Yeah, yeah, but. Uh, as you're as you're recovering um, from your burns and you're getting more strength, did you were were you thinking of going back to framing then, or what 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 did you end up doing after you recovered? Well, I I, I, st- I stayed close to the movie industry. Um, you know, like all my friends and, and uh, bosses helped me out, odd jobs here and there, and um and then finally I, I said I'm ready to go back. Yeah. Um, uh, the movie I think my first movie back was um. Oh, well, I can't think of it right now. Um, yeah, but but anyways, yeah, yeah I, I I went back to the movies and and uh, just went on from there. Mm-hmm. But 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 now at this point, this brings up a good point. Um, I, I'm really not gonna get back into via JLGs ladders because I just can't. Yeah. So um, Jeep Stapleton was the mill shop foreman, and uh, so I I kind of. Graduated to the mill shop, which is where I am now. I'm building all the fine stuff, doors, windows, desks, all the really nice stuff in a, mm-hmm. in a motion picture. Okay. They build in the mill shop. So so that's where I'm at now. Okay. Um, uh, after so many years, I, I am now a mill shop foreman, and, uh, and uh, that's what I love doing, building, yeah. building fine furniture. That's amazing. Yeah. So you... You went into that mill shop and uh, and just started kind of learning in there under yeah. those guys. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I had this one bionic eye, so I I, I I I have a sharp sharp eye for um fine work. Yeah. And uh and and yeah, I loved it. I loved building the the nice fine fine work. How how did the industry change safety wise because of because of you? Well, you know now OSHA is involved. They're there a lot. Um, no longer using JLGs for lifting. JL, JLGs are, are strictly man lifts now. Um, well, of, of course, the grips put lights, in, you know, the, the lighting uh, lighting grips, they mount lights to them, but they're, they're not for heavy lifting anymore like we used to use them. Um, uh, harnesses, belts, every, uh, very safe now. Yeah. Yeah. Did you... Did you ever go around and give any talks, any safety talks? Uh, did they ever do any videos with you? Just wasn't sure if they used you as kind of a as a person to say, "Hey, this is what can happen." And no, you know, not me personally, mm-hmm. but but um, as uh, someone, uh, a, a friend of mine said, his good friend is works at OSHA. He says Jim is in all our books. Yeah. So so yeah, my my um my accident uh, is is history. And it's it's been written and documented and it's all it? part of the OSHA. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I, I would imagine you're probably a, a, a huge reason and driving factor behind FR Clothing. Well, frankly, yeah, I would hope so. And, um, yeah, j- just for people to know, uh, you know, if I'm wearing cotton, none of, you know, I, I have um, I have some shock injury. I have some, some spinal injury. Uh, I, I might lose the vision in one eye. Yeah, you might have had some burns on your face in yeah, a few places. But, but, um, but I nowhere near uh, 50%. The, the clothing was the biggest issue in, in, in my accident. I even see kids, like, stand around campfires. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and all these girls wear all these little leggings. <clears throat> you know, all, all this clothing is is uh, is just, it's so flammable. It's it's yeah. essentially, you know, you saran wrap yourself in boiling plastic. Exactly, yeah. Um, it, it, it's something to be aware of. You don't have to be messing with power lines to be at risk. No. Um, no. You see kids, you know, pouring gas on fires, uh, you, you know, throwing yeah. gas on bonfires, and then they, they catch themselves on fire with gas. But like you say, it's, you know, the gas actually burns off very, very quickly. Yeah. It's the clothing and, the, and that kind of stuff that, that creates so much of the damage. And it's the same thing in the, uh, you know, in the gas industry, uh, welding. You know, our, our welders at Northwestern Energy went through a lot of training with, you know, potential flashes, um, you know, when you're welding on live gas lines, there's always that possibility, yeah. you know. Uh, so I definitely encourage people to, you know, if, if you think there's any way at all that you're going to be exposed to any kind of a flame or a flash, um, or even just around bonfires, going to a bonfire in January to have a few beers, just if you're just thinking about what you're putting on for clothing. Yeah, yeah, you definitely need to think about it. Yeah, and especially in that case with an outer layer, you know, if you're if you're under uh, layers aren't aren't fr rated, you know, around a, like a campfire or something, you're fi- you're fine. If if you're going to be in a potential, uh, you know, explosion, hu- huge type flash, that's a different set of circumstances. With even just a base layer under under those fr's can still still really get you. Yeah, if you're exposed to a ton of heat, and and and, and parents with, with small children, you know, um. <laughs> Kids are going to get in trouble, and 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 they're going to play with fire. Mm-hmm. Just just uh, be mindful of what you clothe your children in. You know, when I was a kid, campfires every weekend. Um, we we loved building little bombs out of firecrackers, and we were around fire constantly. But we wore uh, mostly cotton as yeah. as children. But um, not nowadays it seems like the plastic is just the norm. Yeah, plastic clothing. I, I, I call it plastic, but y- you know what I mean. Polyester and things of that sort. So, so I'll, I'll yeah. say, you know, kind. Put your kids in cotton. It's yeah. good. Cotton and wool and yeah, uh, denim. You know, stuff like that. Yeah. You know, a Carhartt coat or you know, a pair of Levi jeans or something That's like right. that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What? Uh, what? What kept you from? You know. What was the driving factor behind you not just going on disability or the rest of your life? And and well, what do you think that was that kept you motivated to go back to work and earn a living, working the rest of your life? Well, um, just my childhood. We worked. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I told you I started painting with my dad at twelve, but I was working when I was six years old, pulling the wagon around him, um, uh, asking people if I could clean your yard. Really, my mom had a garden, so I would sell um, uh, 
vegetables to the neighbors. I, I worked my whole life, mm-hmm. and um, I can't imagine not working. So how do you how do you think you would be different mentally today? And it might be a hard one to answer, but if if you'd have gone on disability, and we were sitting here talking today versus coming back from this and working your whole life, I, I have to imagine you're you're a different person than you would be if you'd have just let this uh this accident affect your entire life yeah um i i can't even think i can't even imagine how that would be just uh um giving up on work yeah um you know you know you work a third of your life you sleep a third of your life um i enjoy work Mm -hmm. i i I can't imagine sitting around the house all day Mm -hmm. um you know, and I, I don't know. I, I think I with some know. of our mental issues that we have with people in this country, I, I think so much of it comes from not feeling that that rewarding feeling of accomplishing something throughout the day. Mm-hmm. You, you know, when when you work in your mill shop all day long, um, and you stack day after day on on end, and then at the end of the month or at the end of three months. Uh, this movie set comes together, this movie gets shot, and you get to stand back and say, I did that. Yeah. Y- you know, your your burns and your accident aside, uh, j- just anybody who accomplishes something, and that and that's the other thing about working with your hands uh, that I think is special, you know, like with what your son does with, oh. with making our cutting boards, making our knife hangs. Like everyone who shares and posts a picture of a steak with one of our chef's knives on their, on their cutting board. And, you know, and we reshare it. He, he gets to see that, that that's his labor right there yeah. sitting in their kitchen at Christmas dinner. I, I, I tell you, I, I'm so proud of Mitchell. Mm-hmm. I, in fact, I couldn't do what he does. Um, I, I, I can build doors and windows all day long, but what he does is incredible. Um, very driven. Um, I just so much credit to him for for taking his family and and Brittany too. His his wife is incredible. Mm-hmm. They built this business together, um, but uh, they got out of North Carolina and 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 came to Montana. His dream, he he's going to live here, and uh, so much credit to him and his family for. I like I said, I couldn't do what Mitchell does. Yeah, um, just nonstop. It's the thousands of pieces of work he puts out. Yeah. You know, I build a door. I got a door. Yeah. Uh, Mitchell literally builds thousands of pieces of, uh, uh, yeah. uh, of butcher blocks and, and cutting boards and, and knife holders a month. Well, I think he had, he had quite a role model as far as uh, determination, work ethic, uh, craftsmanship. You know, he got that from somewhere. So oh, I, 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 I'm sorry to say I wasn't easy on Mitchell. <laughs> um, uh, I have a little bit of guilt about that, but but he he, he thanks me for being hard on him. It, yeah, it, it uh, helped him where he is today. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's. I mean, I have that same stuff with my kids, you know. Um, but I think that's you're. I, I've you know I've I've thought about this actually a lot before because like if I if I had kids and I did it all over again, I'd probably do a few things different. But then I wonder like, well, would I? Because, I mean, I, I ended up with some pretty good kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're driving them out of desire for them to succeed and do better than you did. Yeah, you know? definitely. 
and to not do the stupid shit you did. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. Hey. Heaven forbid. Um, God, if he'd have put you through what you oh. put your parents through. Mitchell's trouble was minor. <laughs> I mean, uh, he, he cost me a little bit of money <laughs> with, with some trouble, but, but, but thank God he, uh, no one was ever hurt uh, seriously. And, uh, and I'm happy about that. You probably kind of deserved it a little bit after yeah. what you did to your folks. You... Yeah. Yeah. I guess thinking back, um, they, they were actually easy compared to, <laughs> to compared to, uh, the last hour of stories you just told. Yeah. 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 Well, it's pretty cool. What, uh, what what other movies that people might recognize your work on? Um, well, uh, of course, I still say River was, was my favorite movie. But um, why is it your favorite? Is it just because it's your first, or was it, it the sets? Oh, it, it was it was the area. Yeah, incredible. I mean, uh, Montana. I don't I don't know if I want to invite people here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> too late. Yeah, yeah, but um, but uh, it. It's awe-inspiring, mm-hmm. this state. Mm-hmm. We, we went to Yellowstone um, uh, last weekend, and uh, p- people can't, uh, you just can't fathom how beautiful and, and, and vast it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I think that's why I, this was my favorite movie, because it was in Montana. Mm-hmm. How does that work with movie sets? You said, like, making doors and windows, and you know, I just assumed they just went down to you know, the hardware yeah. store and bought all that stuff. I, well, the, the art people, um, they want it exactly how they want it. Yeah. I mean, there could be a door that's, uh, looks kind of like the door they design. They don't want a door that kind of looks like it. They want an exact what they design. So, so that's why we build everything. Is your brother still doing the art director stuff? Uh, no, no. Um, Wally, uh, Wally passed this, oh, this last year. Okay, he's that, that was the older brother, Walt, Walter. Yeah. Okay, um, but yeah, yeah, he 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 done it. Uh, uh, um, a good portion. I mean, for third, maybe forty years. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm gonna definitely get on and Google his. Uh, and 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 maybe in the description of this, Henry, we can we can put Wally's name in this, and we can people can can copy yeah. and paste it since it's not easy to spell uh to yeah. just sound out and spell mm-hmm. but uh hopefully people can go see some of his work and what movies he worked on oh yeah he, he he's he's done so many and, and um he did the uh all the barbie if anyone has a little girl all the barbie um straight to dvd um animated videos while he did really um yeah in in not only his movies, uh, his artwork. He was an artist, uh, you know, oils and, and watercolors, whatever. Oh wow! Um, incredible. You know, like I said, uh, at his memorial, we had a few months past. If, if, if Wally was born four hundred years ago, we, we'd be, I, I think, paying, you know, thirty million dollars for some of his paintings right now. Sure. Um, su- super talented. Yeah, that's yeah. really cool. Yeah. How many kids did you end up having then? I uh, three, three kids. Yeah, um, Mitchell, Zachary, and Madeline, and and all three are doing great. Mm-hmm. Um, Madeline just bought her first house a month ago. She's twenty four years old. Yeah, um, uh, in the military, um, the Navy. Um, my son Zachary uh, just made um, master sergeant in the Air Force. Oh, cool! So, so all three of them are. are 
so proud of all of them. Yeah. Doing great. How long are you going to work? Oh, boy. Um, Until you tip over? (laughs) Until my house is done. Yeah. My wife had to have a 140-year-old home. Uh-huh. And I asked her, please, Cindy, don't buy this home. Please, <laughs> I'll, I'll build you any home you want. And she needed a house with character. Yeah. So we got a house with character, and uh, I've been working on it for 25 years now. But <laughs> <laughs> hopefully I'm close to being done. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's with, with your kind of uh, abilities with your craftsmanship, I'm sure your honeydew list probably never comes to an end. No, it it doesn't. And, and, and I'm I'm... You know, in the uh, the group where when I'm working, I don't have time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I get laid off twice a year. Yeah. So when I'm not working, I have to save my money so I can't put money into the house. So, you know, it's a big catch-22. Sure. Trying to get the house done and projects done for that matter. Do you have lingering uh, issues from your, your various accidents? Do you How do you feel physically? Well, uh, my ankle is a big one now. Um, my knees, I had my knees replaced about four years ago, both of them, um, which was, I, I was, I was crippled. Mm-hmm. It, it hurt people to watch me walk. Yeah. Um, so I, I finally went ahead and had the doctors agree to do my knees. And so I've had my knees replaced, which is wonderful. When the doctors x-ray you to look at your knees, did they just look at your, all your bones and go, what in the hell is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it's funny. He actually tried to put me in braces and, um, my knees were so out of whack, uh, the break, the adjustments for the braces wouldn't even straighten them. Really? So then he said, yeah, yeah, let's replace those knees. Mm-hmm. Said, okay. Did that help a lot, the knees? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, yeah, he actually wanted to do one at a time, and I said, nope. I said, do them both. Yeah. Get it over with. Yeah. So, so That's minor pain compared to what you've been through. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it wasn't bad. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the, the knee replacements, I'm happy to do it. But, but uh to answer your question, yeah, my, my ankle is next. Um, my mm-hmm. ankle had been broken three times. It's actually fused together. I, I have about five degrees of movement in my ankle. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm hoping the uh, technology for ankle replacements is uh, uh, near. Sure. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, I, uh, yeah, I, 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 I can't tell you how much I respect your, your toughness and, and your ability to, to come back from what you have and, and to keep working. You know, that's the one thing Mitchell had told me is that, you know, through all that stuff, the way you work the rest of your life, he said you never complain. Um, you know, he has a lot of respect, obviously, clearly for you. So, well, and I respect him also. I mean, like I said, it, it takes a lot of guts to move your family to a new state with nothing and, mm-hmm. and start his business the way he did. Mm-hmm. I so much respect for Mitchell and his family. For I sure. Had yeah. to come home. Yeah. Had to come home to Montana. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. That's awesome. Well, thank you, Mitchell. Thanks for setting this up. Thank you for you having got, us. Did, is there any other giant accidents that he just didn't? There's so much I probably forgot. Those are the big ones. Yeah. It's he's he's crazy. Yeah. He's an inspiration to me my whole life. Yeah. To not complain and work hard and be happy with what you have. Yeah. I enjoy work. I yeah. I, I, I like going to work. That's great. So. Well, like you said, and I, I, I've said it too, um, I, I've even told our employees, like, if you don't enjoy what you're doing here, quit. Yeah. Like, go do something, fi- find what you're going to enjoy, because you are going to work a, a good third of your life. Yeah. Um, which is, that's 30% of 
of your life that you're going to be doing something that you potentially hate. Exactly. You know, so if you, if you hate it and you're 20 years old, if you're 40 years old, yeah, change. That's right. And I'd like to tell the young people, you have to work the rest of your life. It's as simple as that. Yeah. Get over it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's just the way you have to work. Yeah. So learn to love it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Find something you like and, 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 and just get it in your head that you're going to be doing that. So you're, 65 years old and that's all there's to it right yeah yeah it's pretty simple Mm -hmm. yeah well cool well thank you very much for coming over thank you for having me yeah it's been it's been really cool thank you josh i'm glad you shared your story well uh, thanks for having me i i enjoyed it awesome yeah all right you guys take care